Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number 50 of the SmackDown Wind Down slash AEW Rampage Late Night Rager. I am your host and humble guide, Keela Cash. Thank you so much for joining me as week 137 of draws to a close. Happy Saturday morning, afternoon, and evening to you all as another busy week in the worlds of WWE and AEW winds down. And last night was Friday Night SmackDown on Fox going down live from the Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington. And this is the first time that WWE has run Seattle since 2018 due to the key arena going through a $1.1 billion renovation just in time for the brand new NHL franchise, the Seattle Kraken, which made their debut last fall. And it's been a long three years for WWE to run the city of Seattle. And it was a full house last night, over 10,000 in the building, and they were hot for the majority of this show, which made this a very easy breezy two-hour SmackDown, as always, as we kick things off with a great six-man tag team match involving the Brawling Brutes, Sheamus, Butch, and Rich Holland versus Imperium. You heard it right. Imperium is back with Gunther front and center as a reigning defending Intercontinental Champion alongside Ludwig Kaiser and Giovanni Vinci, who made his debut back on the main roster this past Saturday at Clash at the Castle in Cardiff Wells. A great moment as they rock the black, get a little bit of OG Imperium as well to remind people this faction was badass from NXT UK to NXT and now the main roster at long last. And the highlight of this match was Sheamus being over as a babyface. My God, his performance against Gunther at Clash of the Castle for the IC title put Sheamus back on the map as a badass babyface that got all the cheers last night in Seattle. And the highlight was every time Gunther and Sheamus were going head to head, those fans got on their feet, they popped for the fight, and we got some moments of them brawling and laying in shots, which is beautiful to see. We need a rematch, preferably at Extreme Rules, to see these guys run it back in epic fashion. Another highlight was Butch working and wrestling, like Pete Dunne, the hair down, traditional gear back on. You love to see it as he went after the limbs of Giovanni Vinci with a little joint manipulation early on, including stepping on the fingers midway through this match, but an early highlight was Gunther chopping the soul out of Pete Dunne, a.k.a. Butch, which led to Sheamus confronting Gunther in the ring as we go to commercial break. We come back and Rich Holland is babyface in peril for a bit until Butch gets a hot tag and he knocks Gunther and Ludwig Kaiser off the ring apron before delivering a double foot stomp to the fingers of Giovanni Vinci in the ring. He's in control until Gunther chops Butch in the back behind the referee's back. Sheamus and Gunther go at it and the crowd pops for their brief brawl until Giovanni Vinci wipes out Butch with a clothesline as we go to another commercial break. We come back and Gunther has Butch locked in a Boston Crab. Butch breaks free makes a hot tag. The Sheamus, the crowd is going absolutely crazy for this hot tag. As Sheamus cleans house in Imperium, he grabs Ludwig Kaiser and delivers 25 clubbing forearms to Ludwig Kaiser's chest. The fans keep count. It's gnarly and Sheamus is over in this moment as he lands white noise to Kaiser on top of Vinci before delivering a bro kick to Vinci, which hauling is the hot tag and he's going to land a spine buster on Vinci. But Gunther breaks up the pin with a chop to the back of Rich Holland, and that's going to allow Sheamus to go after Gunther at ringside and deliver a knee strike to Gunther, which rocks a big man for a bit. In a scary spot, Rich Holland is going to deliver a back body drop to Ludwig, who lands very awkwardly on his left knee. He tries to shake it off as Giovanni Vinci is going to pick up Pete Dunn, a.k.a. Butch in midair, and deliver a delayed brain buster at a great spot. Eventually, they have Ludwig Kaiser in position for the European bomb when Giovanni Vinci lifts Rich Holland over his shoulders to land the finisher 
Crusher as Imperium picks up the win. This was a very strong six-man tag team match kickoff SmackDown. And Gunther and Sheamus, their stars, their performance, The Clash of the Castle, was an all-time WWE wrestling tour de force. And to have them go out there and just look at each other and the crowd is popping. And they're popping for the body blows and punches and chops. And we want more. We want a rematch at Extreme Rules. Up the ante. Up the violence. These guys can do just that. And Sheamus getting love. And the twilight stages of his career is beautiful to see. He's been putting in that work for a very long time, especially over the last couple of years. His Thunderdome work, his PC work should not be underrated. He showed up every single time, bruising his body every step of the way. And I'm glad he's getting love from the crowd, and rightfully so, as brawling brutes are going to be over as babyfaces in due time. I will say that Rich Holland, to me, is still the weak link, still very green. He's got to be very mindful of how he picks up people. I go back to the Biggie injury earlier this year on the floor, the suplex that went wrong, that broke Biggie's neck. You got to be mindful of how you handle your opponents with care. Protect them. And I'm pulling for Ridge to get better. I really am. But I will call you out when those little hiccups happen. It happened with Kofi a few months ago on SmackDown with a drop went away on the floor and it happened again last night with Louis Kaiser. Thankfully, Louis is fine. But just be careful with the throws. That's all I'm saying. Know your strength. Trust yourself. But most importantly, protect your ring partner at the exact same time. Next up is the Bloodlines, the Usos, alongside Honorary U, Sami Zayn, who tries to commandeer the promo by Jimmy and Jay. And Jay ain't having it. Sammy's trying to drop some lingo such as deep AF and no cap. And Jay's trying his best not to crack. And Jimmy's just having a ball out there as they introduce their brother, the youngest Usos. Solo Sequoia, and he comes out to say, I am the street fighter of my family. If you come for them, you come for me. And he did what he had to do this past Saturday by costing Drew McIntyre a shot at the Universal Championship. Drew comes out to confront the bloodline. And Sami Zayn proves his worth once again by eating a chair shot courtesy of Drew McIntyre. And Solo is able to avoid the blow, which sets up Drew McIntyre versus Solo Sequoia as the main event of last night's SmackDown. All in all, a very fine segment. Sami Zayn dancing to the Uso theme music will never get old. He's so funny, charismatic, lovable, adorable. And you know that beatdown is coming. And Kevin Owens will have to save the day on Sami's behalf, which is going to jumpstart a great feud between the Bloodline, KO, and Sami Zayn in due time. Now, this could set the stage for quite the Survivor Series matchup. We'll see, but I'm all in on Solo being added to the Bloodline at long last as this crew is at full strength and ready to do some serious damage on Friday Night SmackDown. Next up is Raquel Rodriguez and Aaliyah, the reigning defending women's tag team champions versus Toxic Attractions, Gigi Dolan and Jesse Jane. This match was supposed to take place a few weeks ago on SmackDown, but Gigi suffered a concussion, which caused a delay in the semifinals match for the women's tag team titles. This match was fine as Aaliyah played the babyface in peril until Raquel got the hot tag, clean house on Jesse Jane and Gigi Dolan delivered the Vader splash elbow drop in the corner on Gigi. And as Toxic Attraction tried to do a double team to Raquel, Aaliyah comes through to spear Gigi, which allows Raquel to land the Tahana Bomb on Jesse Jane a short time later for the win. A fine match, which sets the stage for Raquel and Aaliyah's first title defense against Io Sky and Dakota Kai representing Damage Control this Monday on Raw Live from Portland, Oregon. Next up is a Fatal Five-Away Elimination match involving Ronda Rousey, Sonya Deville, Natalia, Zaya Lee, and Lacey Evans with the winner facing Liv Morgan for the SmackDown Women's Championship 
championship at Extreme Rules next month in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. This match was lickety split with Ronda Rousey immediately tapping out Natalia with an armbar. Then we got a double submission to Lacey Evans and Zia Lee, courtesy of Sonya Deville and Ronda Rousey. It comes down to Deville and Rousey, and they have some moments together with some nice grappling and mixed martial arts mixed in for good measure until Ronda lands Pepper Spit and makes Sonya tap out to the ankle lock. She will face Liv Morgan for the SmackDown Women's Championship next month at Extreme Rules. That should be an interesting crowd reaction in Philly, depending how it goes between now and then with Ronda being over as the anti-authority figure and Liv still getting the so-so treatment when it comes to her tapping out at SummerSlam nearly two months ago. Next up is Hit Row and Street Profits versus Los Otorios and Maxima Male Models, Monse and Monsoir, who I love very much. And this match was okay. And the big tease was Top Dollar flying to the outside, but that was spoken up by Maxine Dupree. And that leads to B-Fab confronting Maxine Dupree for a bit. Then Top Dollar kicks Max Dupree upside the head, which sets up the finisher between Top Dollar and Ashanti as they hit the heavy hitter on Monsoir for the win. It was a fine showcase for Hit Row and the Street Profits as Maxima Male Models continue to go through the struggles with the return of LA Knight looming on the horizon. Yeah. <laughs> Next up is Alpha Academy's Chad Gable and Otis calling out Braun Strowman. But the one thing that Heels will do in Seattle is call out the fact that they lost Supersonics well over 15 years ago. And these fans are mad as hell. And they boo and they boo and they boo Chad Gable as he tries to tell them to shoosh. It does not work. You do not piss off Seattle by reminding them you lost Supersonics to Oklahoma City back in 08. It's a sore subject. Now, the Boo Birds did not last as long as Kevin Owens and Elias bringing up the Supersonics three years ago in the very same building. That was nuclear heat for five good minutes. This went about two. Not as bad, but still, leave the Supersonics alone, even though they deserve to be back in Seattle as an NBA franchise. But I digress on all of that. Eventually, Braun Strowman comes out to deliver a powerbomb to Chad Gable, and he lifts up Otis somehow, some way, and lands a somewhat powerbomb on him as well to pop the crowd to wrap up the segment. I'm just not here for Braun destroying all the tag teams in WWE. Just get him away from the tag team scene to keep that credibility for tag teams vying for the Usos' tag team titles in the not too distant future. And speaking of the Usos, it's now time for our main event involving Solo Sequoia versus Drew McIntyre. The entire bloodline minus Roman Reigns is at ringside for this match. And we got distractions galore as Drew had Solo beat with a suplex here, a clothesline there, going for the Claymore, but is put out the ring, courtesy of Jimmy Uso. As we go to commercial break, we come back and Solo lands a nice belly-to-belly suplex on Drew McIntyre, followed by a smaller drop and the hip attack in the corner. Drew McIntyre is going to fight back as well by landing a belly-to-belly suplex of his own to Solo. He goes for a dive on the outside, but Sammy Zayn gets on the apron to cut him off, and Drew McIntyre tosses Zayn in the ring to go for a Claymore, but Solo lands a super kick instead. McIntyre and Solo trade Strikes back and forth for a bit. Zayn once again distracts the referee, allowing the Usos to get McIntyre out of the ring for a two-on-one beat down the street. Profits make the save with Montez landing a crossbody on two Sammy and the Usos on the outside. That allows Drew to land a Claymore Sequoia who falls out of the ring and on the floor. And as all of this is happening, Karrion Cross and Scarlet get in the ring and Cross chokes out Drew McIntyre with the cross jacket for about a minute. 
The only thing I didn't like about this besides the DQ finish is the fact that the screen went black and white. This is a too much touch by WWE. We're doing a little bit too much here. It reminds me of the red lighting for The Fiend a few years ago. I hated it then. I hate it now. I hated the Sin Cara mood lighting as well. Don't be too cutesy with Karrion Cross and Scarlet. I like the black and white for their ring entrance. I don't need it for in-ring action. It is a bit too much for me. It's too cutesy to have the production truck ready with the Instagram filter. I'm not here for it. But I get the finish as a way to protect Solo's debut without a loss via pinfall of submission. McIntyre gets the jumpstarters feud with Cross, which was T since Cross's re-debut in WWE last month. And I'm fine with it, but just the black and white of it all, not a big fan. Stop being cute with the WWE production team, please. Otherwise, a solid episode of SmackDown in Seattle. Hot crowd all night long. It's good to have professional wrestling back in Seattle on the big stage. Here's hoping AEW runs the Pacific Northwest, the one corner of the country they have not run yet outside of Canada. And that needs to happen very, very soon. And speaking of AEW, let's make the smooth transition to last night's Rampage going down taped from the Key Bank Center in Buffalo, New York. And we kick things off with the Grand Slam Tournament of Champions match involving Sammy Guevara versus Darby Allen part four. This match was good, but the heat that Sammy Guevara had as a babyface earlier this year is completely gone. The heel heat ain't here either. This guy used to be one of my favorites in AEW. He was pure athleticism and hops for days and he still got it. But my God, the disconnection with this heel turn ain't working for me in the least. The action was great as he goes for a superplex off the top rope to Darby Allen. He maintains his grip and goes to three amigos on Darby. Darby cuts him off and they act with suplex out the ring with Darby landing a suplex on the floor to Sam Guevara goes for that suicide to a pay. But Ty Conti is going to step in front of her man to avoid the hit but Darby Allen goes for that tope nonetheless but Sammy counters with a cutter on the floor mid-dive in a great spot as we go to a picture-in-picture commercial break we come back and Darby tries to regain control with the code red on Sammy Guevara in the middle of the ring for a very close near fall Sammy Guevara is going to respond with a super kick on the outside as he makes out with Melo and in doing so Allen catches him with that tope at long last back in the ring Allen takes off Guevara's wedding ring in an act of sacrilege Melo demands a ring back and Guevara catches it with a high knee strike. Guevara is going to hit the double jump cutter for a near fall. He goes up top to mock Darby Allen with a coffin drop. He is going to miss, but we get distractions courtesy of Anna JAS representing the Jericho Appreciation Society and that distraction leads to Ty Conta delivering a low blow to Darby Allen on the top rope and Sammy is going to slam Darby onto the skateboard wheels up, which has to suck via a powerbomb and then he lands the GTH on Darby Allen to advance to the semifinals of the Grand Slam Tournament of Champions. We'll face John Moxley this Wednesday in Albany, New York. That should be a great match. And I fully expect John to advance to the finals to face the winner of Chris Jericho versus Brian Danielson in the other semifinals match of the Grand Slam Tournament of Champions. Next up is Samoa Joe coming out as the television champ. Before he really gets deep in his promo, Mark Sterling comes out alongside Tony Nese, the premier athlete, and Josh Woods, former pure champion, which sets up a television match between Samoa Joe and Josh Woods for the TV title next Friday on Rampage. A fine segment that could have been done backstage, but I digress as we move on to the coach versus the professor, Serena Deeb versus Madison Rain. And this match was okay, very dark-ish. 
on TNT as Serena Deeb outclassed Madison Rain for most of this match. Madison gets some shots in there, here and there, but eventually she is going to tap out to the Serenity Lock, courtesy of Serena Deeb. As I mentioned, fine showcase match, better off on Dark or Dark Elevation versus the show, but hey, they got to fill time somehow, some way. And I like the OG format of Rampage. Three matches per show is not as crammed at four matches or more with multiple segments in the ring and backstage, so I like this format. Matt, keep it at three matches with a dash of star power and the show might be back on track heading into the fall season as we move on to our main event involving Claudio Castanoli versus Dax Harwood for the Ring of Honor World Championship. This is a very good match that went about 20 minutes. Both guys are great. Dax Harwood is having a career year in the ring as a tag team and single star and Claudio Castanoli, what can I say? He's amazing in every way. Great grappling, striking, the only thing I didn't like was a suplex spot over the ropes. We saw that via Darby Allen versus Sammy Guevara at the top of the show. There's no need to book in that spot again at the end that comes down to agenting and match layout. But once we got away from that, things got really good with a lot of counters with Claudio going for a neutralizer only to be countered with a power driver courtesy of Dax Harwood for a near fall. Dax goes up top, but Claudio rocks it with an uppercut before landing a superplex to Dax for a near fall as we go picture in picture. We come back and Harwood is going to land several chops with Claudio. It was going for another the superplex off the top rope he lands a headbutt on Claudio for a near fall from there this action is very stiff in nature as Claudio is going to deliver some strikes to Harwood Harwood hits back in kind before landing that slingshot leg a bomb for a near fall on Casanoli Casanoli goes for a charge in the corner but misses as Harwood goes up top for a belly to back suplex but Claudio is going to count into a cross body in a great spot but Harwood rolls through for a two count from there both men exchange forearm strikes back and forth for a bit Claudio is going to deliver the big swing to Dax Harwood locks in a sharpshooter but Harwood fights back and locks in a sharpshooter of his own in honor of his hero and mentor Brett the hitman Harper Claudio is going to land those elbow strikes is going to rock Harwood long enough for him to lock in the sharpshooter once again to pick up the win to retain the ring of honor championship a very nice way to end rampage Claudio standing tall with Harwood putting in another standout performance as a single star and he's having a banner year in every way despite the L he took last night via this championship match. This was a solid rampage, great opener, great closer. The middle was very shaky for me. It just feels like a hybrid of dark and dark elevation at this point with the Ring of Honor trying to find a home and this being the test ground via rampage with all of these championship matches for the world title and now next week for the television title involving Samoa Joe versus Josh Woods. We just need some bigger star power on the show. Tony Khan knows this. He's talked about it. He's going to up the ante with the more live shows for rampage this fall with bigger stars on tap which needs to happen and I don't need him to care once a year when Smackdown moves to FS1 and you want to go head to head from 10 to 1030 if WWE ops go in that direction you never know they got snake a bit last year but the dynamic has changed a bit with Rampage slipping in the ratings over the summer but one big card can switch things up for at least a week in terms of momentum we'll see how they play it in the next month or so all in all a fine show but needs more punch and juice in the middle to make it stand out like it used to a year ago and on that note this wraps up episode number 50 of the smackdown wind down slash aw rampage late night rager i hope you enjoyed it as always you can follow me on social media at lady wrestling x on twitter and our instagram wrestletopia they can find me tweeting and gramming all these podcast shows the drop on the semi-daily recapping monday night raw nxt 2.0 aw dynamite friday night smackdown on fox and aw rampage on tnt you know what to do search wrestletopia and follow me on our podcast amazon music audible 
Google Podcasts, Buzzsprout, iHeartRadio, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn Plus Amazon Alexa, and Spotify. I'll be back Tuesday morning with episode number 138 of The Raw Verdict, recapping the highs and lows from WWE's flagship show, Monday Night Raw. Until then, enjoy your Saturday, Sunday, and your manic Monday. Stay safe out there and don't forget to wash those hands. See you later, boys and girls. Take care.